0: Paintball now is everything that I wished for when I was just little rookie at, nine to, at 20 years old. As SWAT. what the game is now is what I hoped it would become. Like everyone effort uh, would practice, I could we couldn't get people to do that back in those days.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Down Under Paintball. This is episode 23 and I'm sitting down with Rob Ambrose, aka Rookie. So Rob's had an amazing career, done some incredible things, and the coolest part about it is he's still out playing and competing to this day. I saw him on the field at the time of this recording, just just last weekend, and he covers in this show just a little bit about how the sport's changed over the years and how the new formats coming through with 10-man seeing a resurgence and also 7-man have sort of given these older guys a bit of a home and they're able to use some of the skills that they learnt. Back in the day playing on the woods fields and the hyperball fields that teams really don't have that much experience with these days. As well as covering Rob's story himself he gave us a really good insight into what it looked like in the top tier of the competitive paintball scene in Australia at that time around the mid to late 90s. So this episode once again was brought to you by my patrons over on Patreon. So thank you all once again for your continued support. If you do want to support the show directly, just head over to patreon.com slash DUPaintBall. And with that, we're going to jump straight into this episode of Down Under Paintball. Okay, I need to find Paintball again. If that's the kind
0: of commitment you're going to give, then that's the kind of commitment I want. So I'm sticking. You're listening to Down Under Paintball. I mean, everybody on that team was a veteran, everybody. This is Will McDonald, and you're listening to Down Under Paintball. It does make it a more interesting sport for the masses. They are doing it better than anyone else, to be honest.
1: Yeah, show, show other women that might be interested in playing that, hey, you know, you can go out there and you can be successful in this
0: sport. I've got the best seat in the house with some of the best paintball in Australia. And you're listening to Down Under Paintball. I don't don't enter into the politics, I'm not interested. I'm just trying to, you know, grow the sport, get more people playing
1: paintball. Sitting here this week with, everyone calls him Rookie, but also goes by Rob, Rob Ambrose. How's it going?
0: Ah, I'm actually all right. Actually much better now I'm talking to you. Oh, that's good. (laughs) That doesn't sound awkward. Yeah,
1: it's good. Um. (laughs) Yeah, how, how's everything going? How's uh, how's life treating
0: you? Everything's cool and sexy right now.
1: Yeah, that's
0: the way to be. <laughs> I'm laying here. No, actually, I'm not, I'm, I do have clothes on. I'm laying on the bed. Yeah. But I'm well, glad. I do say to
1: everyone, you know, this is a, an audio-only podcast, so pants are optional. <laughs>
0: I, well, knowing me, I probably would have no pants, but this time I decided to let the Listeners, imagine what I'm wearing. <laughs>
1: Maybe we'll, well do that. Yeah, we can paint a bit of a picture. But so before we uh, get rolling and, and talking about paintboard, just want to talk about your, your job.
0: What do you do for work? Oh, okay. It takes a bit of explaining. But basically, I catch, snakes. I'm a snake catcher. And people go, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's a job. And I'm like, Yes, that's why I'm telling you it's a job because that's they're like, oh, okay. How'd you get into that? And I'm like, oh, it's a long story. Um, But it, it, I've been doing it for over ten years professionally, and it all comes down to that people are scared of snakes and they have them in their yard that they're worried about them and they want. Sometimes they people want them removed. I wouldn't have them removed personally, but people don't want snakes in their backyard. So they often get called in to catch snakes. And this has been an ongoing thing, like I was saying, for over 10 years. And it's grown in popularity for some reason. I don't know. Um, the other thing I do is I do a snake show, uh, which is every Sunday. So Sunday afternoons, I do a snake show, um, which sort of coincides with Sunday's usually paintball. Is it in the morning so I can do it to people in the morning? But because of COVID, no snake shows at <laughs> all at the moment. But not during COVID, no, but during COVID, people were home seeing snakes. Oh, so okay. I didn't, <laughs> didn't do too bad there for a couple of months. There was a lot of people at home, and because they're home all day, they now noticed the snake that would come out and just see them in their yard uh, or wherever. I mean, snakes appear in a number of places in your house. They come into your house sometimes. Many different situations.
1: Yeah, I've always been, like I grew up in the bush and we always had snakes around, but I figured I'd rather snakes than than mice. So (laughs) as long as they weren't poisonous, we kept them around.
0: Oh, no, they're the best ones. I always tell this to people. The venomous ones are actually the better ones. And people are like, what? (laughs) yeah. Way Cooler. Imagine being a snake and not being venomous. Like, wouldn't that suck? Like, people are fearful of you. I'm like, but I don't no venom. Like, what you, I can't do anything to you. But people are equally scared. Yeah, okay. Snake.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, like, as far as my snake goes, I'm just looking over to my right here. I've got my children's python, Addie, who lives in a little cage there. She's uh, cruising, sitting in under a light. <laughs> Having oh, you, fun. you ever... You have a little pet snake. Yeah, I've had her since I was thirteen, so she's uh she's nearly twenty years old, actually.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's not they little do. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do have a pet blue tongue uh, that I've had since I was nine years old, and I've still got it.
1: I'm forty-six. Yeah, okay.
0: Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Very long. lived some reptiles. Yeah. Now, oh, if you look after them. They are. <laughs> well, I hope listeners actually wanted to hear about snakes and yeah, paintball. Right.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, yeah. Going back on topic, we'll, uh, yeah. So let's uh, go wind the clock back all the way to the beginning and uh, learn how you how you started in the sport, how you got into it.
0: Well, I actually saw a news report in 1989 when I was in high school about paintball, and oh god I'd love to play paintball uh, is that a thing like uh, how do I get into this and I was only what 15 at the time <clears throat> but paintball is very different then. actually there was a lot of, lot of skin tight woodland camos that people wore and scrim and UVX goggles and all this really daggy apparel and the guns weren't really that crash on but It was still super cool to a young kid. And when I was in, it was in, I wasn't until 91, I think, because you were supposed to be 18 to play. But I was, the day I was 17, I um, somehow managed to get into a booking at a dodgy paintball field. (laughs) Uh, It was Bill Stark's paintball field, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah, Bill Stark was yep. has worked for action paintball too, but he, uh, I played his field, and it was in his like backyard, or basically down the back of his place, which is like a uh, a nursery. And I played with um, Matt Myth Hawken, yeah, okay, who many may remember because Matt and me started playing. He played paintball before and then got me into it, and then we continued playing together. We was, was my original paintball. Homeboy. <laughs> He's and, over in Western uh,
1: Australia now at the moment, isn't he? I
0: think. Uh, actually, I, I don't know. He disappears. Yeah. Um, yeah, then the seen for years, and then he pops up. That happens to a lot of us. All the <laughs> blokes. Uh, uh. So we played at this field, and he had a lot of guys from work, and I remember playing for the first time and shooting some of them the first time. And I, I think they even bunked somebody no. on that first day going dunk, dunk. dunk. You could bunker people a lot easier in those days. You could just <laughs> run at them. And the guns were terrible, so they could often not be able to shoot you, <laughs> which is a bit hard um, to hit somebody with a gun it's not worth <laughs>
1: So, so what kind of guns were they? Were they pump action then, or or bolt?
0: No, well, they, they were the the very first ones that I played with were SL68 ones. So they're a pump, but with no auto trigger, so you can't rapid fire them. Okay. Uh, the that was the very first time. The next time I played was at Yarramundi, not long after that, and Yarmundi was a, a field run. Um, by a guy called Garth, uh, Garth Young. And there's many stories about him. Michael O'Reilly, <laughs> he was one of those funny characters um, of the game. Many have come and gone. He disappeared. I think he had a lot of people money. But Yuck. he had a and it was a junkyard, basically. Uh, and bushfires have been through uh, in about 94 and cleaned a lot of it out, but that's where we played. Yaramundi and we played with bolt actions but converted to pump but the okay. paintballs were in a tube beside the gun you had to roll them a 12 gram cartridge in the gun to power it It was a co2 12 gram cartridge and you would have to roll the gun over sideways to get a paintball to go into the breech, and then push the pump forward but it was a converter from a pump action <laughs> yeah. Would you've got into paintball if you were playing like that?
1: Um, I think I it, it would have had a bit of an appeal. Like I, w- you probably would have felt a bit like a sniper. But I don't think I'd. Uh, yeah, it, it probably wouldn't have been something that I'd go back
0: to multiple <laughs> times. <laughs> sniper, it had to be accurate, wouldn't it? Yeah, true. And they, they sometimes they were sort of accurate. Um, sometimes, most of the time, not. Um, so very slow rate of fire, and there were other paintball guns, um, semi-automatic paintball guns. There the t- um, there's the PMI three and the 68 Special were the two main guns um, that, and we thought they were machine guns, like <laughs> they were around, But a lot of them are very problematic. There was a lot of problems early on. That's why early on a lot of people use pump action and paintball guns in tournaments. They just went, I'm sick of this piece of shit, uh freaking PMI three or whatever. I'll just use something <laughs> that actually works.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: So yeah, to so catalog story short, uh the we played there for quite some time. Um and then Myth started playing tournaments. Um and he played he formed a team called Body Count. And they played at Yaramundi. I didn't play as a five man. I, I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't played tournaments by then. But in early ninety-three, Mess said, Can you come and play a tournament? And I said, Oh I'm like, yeah, I mean, to get into that. We'd only played socially till then. And um I went and played with the team he played with, which was called Totally Sus, and it was Garth <laughs> yeah. Young's team. Um, Gee, I hope his name I hope I'm remembering his name's right It was Garth I'm pretty sure it was Garth Young But yeah, he had a team called Totally Sus (laughs) And It was a ragtag collection Actually, you know, Manny Manny Cargis Was actually in that team Before I joined it Manny from Heartbreak Ridge That passed away Just only um, about 18 months ago Or two, yeah, about 18 months ago (laughs) Uh, he was in that team, I remember. He was the first tournament players I've ever seen with these guys. Totally sus. So I played in their team. It was a 10 man at, yeah, uh, not Yaramundi, at um, Helensburg. Helensburg. Yeah, okay. So it was Michael's Michaelsfield. <laughs> um, so that was my introduction to Michael. Actually, no, I'd met Michael at the indoor paintball field at um, Penrith. There was an indoor paintball field. Wow, that's um, cool. Yeah, it sounds cool. It was all right, I guess, but it didn't, I I don't think it went too far on that particular one. There was one um, that Manny ran at uh, Marrickville. That actually went a lot better. It was there for a few years. So, um, yeah, we played this tournament at as And, you know, it's open class in those days. Um and the first game I played was against the brothers in arms. Have you ever heard of the brothers in arms? I haven't actually. They're a bunch of bikies. Oh, okay. <laughs> you were scared to shoot them because they thought they were big bearded bikies, and if you shot them, you thought they might grab you and take you into platic and flog you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> scary guys, but a really good aggressive team. Um, some of them which actually joined SWAT. A couple of years later, I'll go into that if you really want to hear. But, no, um, I so my fun. first game, and I had a butt or sniper given to me. The butt or sniper is the basis for the auto cocker, but it's a pump action version and it is no auto trick. So you sort of go, p-donk, p-donk. it's fairly accurate. But when you got all these guys come at you with semi autos on the tyre field at at, at um, at um you know, at uh Ellensburg. Um I was the last guy in and um I charged at them because I just thought I'm gonna die. So <laughs> I, I look girl cool with my pump action battle or sniper cranking. Dunk, dunk, dunk like that. Uh and that was uh, my very first tournament. I think we came about oh so oh, Oh, maybe sixth or something, or... There's 10 teams, I think. Yeah,
1: that's good, as long as you didn't come last.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I think we all go into a team that comes last at one stage. But, um, no, we did all right. Uh, From then on, we decided to keep on playing. Um, But totally, Sus disappeared. I think we played with them one more time at the Rebel Tour. If I remember correctly, and that was at Helensburg as well. Helensburg was a big hub of tournaments uh in those days, so Michael actually got that going the tournament scene yeah, yeah no, it's um
1: it's something that does it, it doesn't come up often the Helensburg field people I know a lot of people had their first games there, but um yeah, it sort of just
0: drifts <laughs> off in in history sometimes. <laughs> Yes, it's still there. Um, Steve Baller still runs it. No, 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 hang on, sorry. He sold it off. He doesn't, he's not into paintball anymore. Yeah, I did see them uh,
1: advertising a little bit ago on uh, Facebook. It popped up.
0: Ads for that, the field at Helensburgh. Yeah. Um, A lot of fields have come and and gone, but... um, yeah, that was one field that's still around, and Yaramundi is the original, one of the very originals. Yeah,
1: it's crazy to think that it's uh that it's still going. It's it, through doing this show, so many people have said that you know they played their first few events there, and uh, it's crazy that yeah, it's all come full circle we're, we're still out there playing. I
0: love it. i it's really it's very nostalgic, really. If you think of yourself. All those years ago, playing there, and then if you could look forward in time, and here you are playing with these electro markers, like in the same place, you know, it's such a different game. Anyway, so yeah,
1: but it's all gone full circle now. Everyone's back to mechanical guns, and people are interested in pump markers and stuff. So it's it's it's
0: good. So <laughs> it is. I actually buying going to buy my old pump gun I, one of the guys has it. I saw it floating around, my old Sterling uh, from the nineties. I haven't seen it for 20 years. <laughs> and I'm buying it off a fellow who's got it. And he's like, yeah, hey, I'll sell it to you. Um, and played a bit of bush ball with it. But they were really fun. Pump-action paintball guns, actually, the original when the original semi-autos, they, you could fire a pump-action paintball quite quickly with, with, a, with an auto-trigger. Um, and uh, some of the original teams just ran pumps. Um, but I'll like I said, I'll go more into that later with the different teams, you know, if anyone really wants to listen. I don't yeah, know, sure. I'm waffling on. <laughs> no,
1: it's good. W- waffle away. We're uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, any story is good uh, about, I don't know, I'm very nostalgic for that, for that period. Like the, the 90s and early 2000s was a good, um, good time for paintball i think so i'm i'm keen to hear any stories of them i don't i don't really care (laughs) waffle away
0: well there's big shoes to fill after listening to the simpsons i mean they're really uh yeah how many people would tune in to listen to them because they were like i really want to know what they have to say because they've been so successful but they're swat brothers as well
1: yeah no it's uh you know we're talking before the show about the the swat legacy it's it's crazy how uh how long the team team's been around for and um. Yeah. No. It's. It's. Uh. But it, it's, it is something that we did say. Um. With the Simpsons, yeah. Not many people. It's normally the last team that you do play for. Unfortunately, with SWAT, normally
0: people go into retirement. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So they actually did something new. <laughs> Everyone else retires. Um. I actually was on the roster for many years and then retired in uh 2000. Um. After, but we had a very packed. Um like I was in from early ninety-five to two thousand and we were playing everywhere and anywhere. Um uh there was we often played two tournaments in a month and wow. in different states. Uh, yeah that's crazy. Yeah well uh some of the one of the things I remember doing an interview back then in nineteen uh, ninety seven and I had to list placings and at at that stage only in two years there was 13 first places that I'd experienced with SWAT which was I mean pretty good wasn't it I thought that was all right
1: yeah (laughs) that's about how many first place I had with SWAT and I was on the team for about five years
0: (laughs) oh I got a look it was hard in those days like there were lots of serious teams as well but Oh, gee, we came up with a bit of a – SWAT went through a lot of changes. Um, and I actually originally was playing in other teams and played against them. And this was in the days when they wore the vest, the like steel vests. Have you, seen, do you, have you seen the pictures of them? Yeah, I've they seen look, some photos. <laughs> yeah, they had scrim. They look like bushballers. But yeah. with these black vests with the pods in little – like a little all round their vests on front of them. and it's really weird. I had um, on the original packs, which are, we, we have today, like a, a pack on you as they are today. They came out probably about oh, 92 or 93. Um, but SWAT had these tactical vests and um, JT goggles and PMI3s, I remember. And we played against them one of the many teams I played on those days. I used to just jump onto teams, like, uh, and one of the teams I played in was Stars and Bars. That was (laughs) Bill Stark's team. And I'm trying to think of a modern-day equivalent of Stars and Bars. And and, uh, Stars and Bars were a a, a ragtag mixture of older guys who were military buffs with a few of us younger guys, you know, and they wore, like, Ozcams and... They were a funny bunch. They were really cool, though. And um, the very first finals I ever played in was in, with Stars and Bars against SWAT. And this was in very early, oh, it would have been 1994. And we played down in a field down at – uh I no longer exists. Down in oh, – uh, Brankston. Oh, gee, I can't even think of the place's name now. <laughs> it's in the Southern Highlands. Yeah, okay. Great right? right paintball. And um, we played, and we were really a ragtag bunch, like we really were. And um, we had to play against these pro teams of the, of the era, and one was SWAT. Um, and they, they'd had some wins, SWAT had, but not in the way that, not as many as they had, Years later, like it was a but they were definitely in one of those top, they were always a top three team. Um, but there's a team called the delegates, and the delegates, were one of the original teams that had a lot of success. And 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 I, you know, there might be some delegates floating around these days. I did see one guy, I remember, from the delegates when at the at two years ago at the Yarramundi 10, man, it was an actual delegate. I mean, dude, you're a delegate. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you remember me? I said I oh, was this little. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's And you know, when you you look back all those years, and you think about all the fun you had in those days, and the people are still playing paintball all these
1: years later. Oh, it's a good, it's a good sport. It's a, it's an all ages. It's very inclusive. It doesn't take a lot to um to get out on the field. So
0: yeah. So then it was a lot harder, though, because you had to be over 18, even though you played long before, you know, before we were 18. Anyway, you just said, hey, I'm 18. Um, but anyway, yeah, so uh, then we played Delegates and squat and, um, oh, Heat. Now, there was a team called Heat from, If uh, you ever played Adventure Quest paintball? I heard hmm. that was the one that used to be up the putty road, wasn't it? That's the one. Yeah. And Will Herferth was the was the guy who ran that field. And he's an he was an interesting character, German character, very interesting character. Um, he got his team heat, and they'd been training and training. They were really serious about being pro. And um, we played, and we had somehow somehow blew into the finals. And we played, uh, I think yes, we played heat first, and we actually edged them out by kills, I think. Somehow, and we thought, oh shit, we. It wasn't too bad. We just beat that team. And then we had to play SWAT. I was on a bush field, and um, we ended up maxing SWAT in the finals. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like a really weird, just – it was just a ragtag bunch, you know, of basically bush ballers. Um, and uh, the, then we played to play the delegates, but we, we, we they just pipped us, I think, and we, we lost to the delegates. So we ended up second. So that was the first time I'd ever been on the podium, oh, nice. and, it was, and we had to knock out SWAT. Um, so so yeah. I, I remember that field. Like
1: I never had the privilege of playing there. I think it's still around. I'm pretty sure the guys um, that own Camden Ultimate Paintball. I think it is. They, I think they've they've taken over up there. Right. I've, I've, I've seen some signs around, but apparently it had a
0: really good, bu- like a really good woods field. Like it was very bushy. And it had termite mounds. I remember hiding behind a termite mound, like a big termite mound, um, shooting at the, um, that was my cover for that game. And swiped. I don't remember that. That's 1993 or four. Very early 1994. Can't quite recall. <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So that was. You yeah, know, that really gave me a lot of excitement at the time, being a young little 19-year-old, and we we had a trophy. And there's a picture in the magazine. The magazine did a big write-up, because the Paintballer magazine was quite a good magazine in the 90s that we had. I mean, you wouldn't have one these days. Is there even Paintballer magazines around now? Oh, there's a digital one. They put out some articles and stuff like that, I think. No, no. Now we just all, we just all talk. Crap on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're good at it. <laughs> yeah, so that was my first, like, hunger, you know, to thought, oh, man, we could probably be doing right at this if we put our minds to it. And, you know, I was using a 68 Special by then. Now, a 68 Special was a Tipman um, or semi-auto, but, I mean, really archaic. Like, I just would love people to play with one now. <laughs> and see what they think. Um, really funny guns to play with, really loud and quite slow for a semi-auto. Um, but, yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit of the paintball, the best paintball teams of the era in those early days. Yeah. Go for it. People listening, they m- might remember, and people these days might want to know. But the original pro team that I remember, which was the first actual pro team, was a team called the Regulators from Queensland. And Neil Martin was a very famous as being a regulator for many years. But uh, they started in the early 90s, uh, around the same time as SWAT. And they are like, uh, a lot of them did martial arts. And they went to, there was even a story that they all went to motivational classes <laughs> to perform. I don't know how true that is. You'd have to ask one of the actual regulators of the time. But they were a, a very serious team. SWAT was a serious team at the time, pretty serious. Um, and so was a team called the Delegates I mentioned earlier. Um, and there was another team called Magnum. And Magnum was Steve Ballas's team of, and you know many people remember Steve Ballas. Uh, they were a bunch of Greeks. They're all Greek, and they were the first, like I remember, the first team that had all semi autos. They all had them, mm-hmm. and they were all pink guys. Uh, so that was the very early '90s teams that were pro. There were other ones, but those teams had. Uh, the most successes of that time.
1: It sounds like the PMI threes were the were the hot the hot gun back
0: then. Yeah, yeah. You'd think so. Like I think if you talk to Mick about them, he'd know more. But I never had one. I they used to. I thought they were rubbish. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I thought they were. If you had a really good one, maybe I don't know. I never. I I never actually got to even play with one. I fired one a few times. Um, But you see, at that stage, auto mags and auto cockers were around, but there was a ban on semi-auto paintball guns. And you couldn't bring any semi-auto paintball guns legally into the country, so you had to use whatever was available. And all that was available legally was Tipman 68 specials and PMI 3s. Okay. So that's all you had. And we had them, like, America, you could get anything. Any other country, you could get anything. But in Australia, oh, you know, you, 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 at that stage, autocockers and auto mags were to go everywhere else except for Australia. But people had them, like, illegally, yeah. but they couldn't use them. And um, I remember, actually, a game we played, Matt Miff, 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 Miff Hawken had a VM-68 which is an updated PMI-3. It was like the next generation of them, but they're illegal. So he wrapped it in camo scrim so you couldn't tell what it was and tried (laughs) to play with it. Actually, this is my first tournament, another little flashback. And he's playing with it. and I remember Michael Wobrew coming over and going, that's an illegal gun. (laughs) <laughs> 100 points. exactly what it was. <laughs> there was no fooling him. You could wrap it as much scrim as you like, but that's a VM-68. And he was like, ah, I'll have to use a whatever a pump gun. You know? <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the conditions we had at that time, you know? So these rubbish guns, and you couldn't get the newest technology, which was the AutoMag and the AutoCocker, of course. Uh so, but then the law was changed. Uh, uh, probably early 94 or so. And all of a sudden you could have auto mags um, and autocockers. But I liked the auto mag at the time because it seemed really sleek and really quick shooting gun. And the autococker seemed like a bit of a contraption, you know? Everything moving on it. And the early ones weren't really unless you knew them they weren't really crash up but I ended up with an auto later and never looked back when and, um, John Caruana, um was the guns uh, the our airsmith and he was just magic with them and we all ran autocockers eventually and started there was an auto mag versus autococker rivalry for years and if people used to put stickers on their guns on the hoppers are saying, mags
1: uh, uh, mags are for fags. Yeah, uh, there's actually, um, there's one out the back of uh, an action like stuck somewhere, and I always see that and think, like, I, I don't even remember what mags. Like, what, what's this sticker mean? <laughs> it's, a,
0: it's a relic. Ma- mags, yeah. No, they're yeah. a really good gun of the era. But, I mean, I don't want to get too romantic about these things because, like I say, the guns now, even those basic guns, way better like in reliability and just uh, um, just about every way they were fairly accurate but um, mechanical guns now are much better even a mechanical like an emac you can crank them like no, like nothing else compared to an old auto mag.
1: yeah I've heard a lot of people talk about John um, and his work on the autocockpie like I remember there was a guy that um, he was having a lot of issues. When I first started, he was using an autococker, had all these issues, took it to John. John got it shooting sweet. And so, you know, about 30 minutes later, he's like, Oh, it's not working again. And John's like, Well, what did you do? He said, Oh, well, I wanted to work out how you fixed it. So I pulled it apart. <laughs> and that was, uh, yeah, that was, that's the, the story I've heard about them. But it, it sounds like, yeah, if you have an autococker and you know what you're doing, or you know someone
0: that knows what they're doing, you can get them to shoot really well. Oh, I just fell in love. I think I, I ran the auto mag for some time and thought it was the best thing ever. And then, yeah, we just got these auto cockers in and then we started to go to auto cockers. And it was, if it wasn't for John, though, we wouldn't have had very much. And we would have just stuck with auto mags, I suppose. So, um, yeah, I, I found the cocker the more accurate, I don't know, just more accurate and they're a bit like, I find the LV-1 is like the autococker of today in a way because there's something moving. You know what I mean? Yeah. When yeah. something's moving on the gun and you're firing it, <laughs> it just feels like it's firing, doesn't it? Like it's yeah, really yeah, like, okay. Like it does more damage or something. When it's just <laughs> a psychological thing. But just cockers, the back block would be firing, coming backwards and forwards and making a noise. And it just seemed really cool at the time.
1: Yeah, when just watching people shoot them nowadays, like yeah, every time someone just fires a few rounds, so everyone looks like it's just that sound, so iconic to the to the auto And and yeah, having moving parts on the outside is not something you see very often with
0: with guns. No, but the uh, yeah, you've still got the the bolt. You can see the bolt moving on the on a pop-up valve gun like an LV one. Ah, yeah, okay, I, I know what you mean now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that it. yeah, and they were all—they were, um, you yeah, know, all—all guns were, um, were basically a pop-up valve. So, wasn't auto mag? Ah, oh, they'll blow forward. But anyway, that was it: auto mags and auto cockers. And this went on for quite some time. Um, and as more auto mags and auto cockers came to the country, people started getting rid. We were playing with our auto mags against people with freaking. Um, uh, like 68 specials, and it was horribly, it was horrible to them because they'd be going dunk, 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 dunk and you go, and just shoot them up. It was really quite an advantage unfair, I thought, but oh, I didn't really care at the time.
1: <laughs> as long as you're on the the winning side, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was the first horn I played with my older man in another team, um, uh, called um, we were called Rhythm Method. That was the team it was a team with Peter Russell. Um yeah, okay. that I played in at Mount White. And I played with my Automag, and I was shooting this thing and it was just like it was the craziest thing on the field at the time. Um just this how much paint you could get out of this Automag accurately. And um Yeah, we ended up making the finals with, well, you played five man with four players. <laughs> yeah, a whole tournament. And made the finals. Made a finals and I, oh, just before the finals, like the, the Sunday morning, I twisted my ankle so badly we thought it was broken and it swelled up and I couldn't move. I kept on playing. And I had to hop. I had to actually hop. And I was hopping around and um, I had to sort of sit down and shoot. And um, in the finals, we actually, yeah, we ended up third. And, um... Uh, that was uh we got I got some prizes for something I can't remember what it was. That's right. They so it was an a MVP award and they gave me this whole bunch of um there was a, a a gear bag and new goggles and it was like um as part of the package for winning for my efforts hopping around <laughs> like literally. You've painted around. a good picture. Of, well, what kind of field
1: was it back then? Was it, were you on, like, was it in the woods still, or were yeah. you on
0: pallets? No, no. Paintball fields are all bush fields, and they resembled exactly the same as bush fields do today, other than um, not as much work as some of the fields, you know, especially the fields in action. They put a lot of work into them, and they've got, like, earth-moving equipment. makes a big difference. But, um they were bush fields, and there was a few little pallet fields, like that sort of thing. And in America, it was even worse at the time. You should have seen their fields. they just a pile of sticks. Hey, I'll put a pile of sticks here, and you can hide behind that, and then there'll be a big tree, and there would be um, a bit of a creek. Um, they were very, very natural fields, and this was for quite a few years. It was bush ball only. And speedball was played on open fields with – like wooden barricades or tires. I remember at, at, Helensburg, uh, the tire fields. So they would stack tires and make, and they weren't the best bunkers because there's lots of holes to get <laughs> shot through. So, you
1: uh, know, you mentioned fields in America. Did you ever get a, a chance to go over and play in the States? Oh, get onto that. Actually. Yes,
0: yes, yes, we certainly did. Um, uh, I'll have to tell that in a minute, though, because I've got something else. Okay. Go right. Around this time, this is when I got approached. Uh, I played in the, I had a run with the regulators at, yeah, uh, at Helensburg. Um, the other big team of that era was the Top Hat Jokers. I'll talk more about them, too. And they were another great bunch of guys. And I actually played in them in one tournament 94, I remember. I did play with them once. Um, they – hang on, I got off the tangent there, didn't I? Top hat jokers. Why were they? anyway, I played with um, this, this one tournament I played at Helensburgh with the regulators, and the regulators were like the real pro team, but they were going for a few changes, and they got a few of us that they picked from different teams, and they said, "Can you come play with us at this next tournament?" Um, because they'd only had five or six of their guys coming, and it was a ten-man. And um, I played with them with my Automag, and that's the first time we ever used their systems. So before that, all CO2. And this first tournament was the first well, it was the first tournament with um, air bottles. And have you ever seen those bottles? Oh, no, problems? I don't think so. No. They're like scuba tanks. <laughs> That's what they were, the size of it. The, the big one, like I think it was, and they only filled to 3,000 PSI. And we're the first team, one of the first teams, that had all air. Um, but I had to, I mean, I borrowed air of someone. I can't remember who it was. The Air America air system, we had to run them on remote lines. Like, they were so big, it was hard to put them on the gun. But some people did, um, and it gave you a good advantage in winter because you, you could shoot. Um, your gun didn't freeze. Do you know? Did you know guns used to freeze up? You'd shoot them and they'd freeze and stop working. Yeah,
1: I like working at the field, um, like doing punters and stuff like that. Yeah, in winter I used to see it, and especially if they were shooting downhill a lot, playing on on hilly fields with drawing liquid into the guns and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> The joys of CO2. Yeah. And
0: the velocity drop off. And if you kept on firing, it got worse. So you had to stop firing. And then you'd sort of try to warm it up anyway. Air got rid of that. Um, and there was an American team that came over. The very first time that a real serious American team came over was a team called Rage, uh, Todd Adamson's team. He came over for that tournament and he brought all these all stars with him that guested on his team one was danny love from aftershock and another guy was uh oh the uh the gardner brothers from the all americans uh, they own smart parts right yeah. they come and play now you should see them guys play in the bush like the gardner brothers um i've never really experienced anything like it in bush paintball these guys could play like you wouldn't believe in the bush. Were, I, I can't even explain how accurate they were and how good they were. They could crawl up and shoot you. Oh, it, was, it was scary stuff. So I played in that tournament and I think we, we ended up just missing out the finals, but it was an all-star. there like, was a lot of really good teams. There's probably about 16 teams in the comp, 10-man teams, and I um, think we just missed the finals and got fifth or something. Um, I can't remember for sure. But after that tournament, um, I was approached by the captain of SWAT, and the captain of SWAT was Rod Lewis. He was yeah. the captain. He actually um, approached me and, po- and, and and explained that he'd like some young blood in the team. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, oh, Yeah, yeah. like I was a young guy, only 20 years old at that time. Um, Yeah, I'll come and play. Um, Yeah, I've got an auto mag. How cool is that? (laughs) So um, they invited me to come and practice. And um, we had to practice at, um, I think we practiced at Yarramundi when I first played with them. Um, And SWAT was in two different we run at um, SWAT because of a 10 man We run like left side and the right side. There were two separate squads. And when we practiced, we practiced the left squad versus the right squad. And I was on the left squad, I think, with, with the guys from the Brothers in Arms, Chica and Roscoe. <laughs> and Chica go. was like a dad to me when I joined the team. He's a big bearded bloke that was, um, you know his bikey style toy? Yeah, you yeah, that. yeah. They were one of them, and they are these scary bikey guys, but they took me under their wing. And um, I ended up playing on their tape uh, as a tape guy. And I could run up the tape really quick, you know? And um, um, so they were like, this is good to have a young guy because they were a bit in their 30s by then, and they were sort of a bit slower. Um, and none, I'm t- telling you now, nobody actually trained. In, in any sort of, not like today, not like us. People with beer guts played paintball. <laughs> and um, anyway, so I played with, uh, and we played the 10-man at Money. That was the first event <coughs> in 1995. So that was my first tournament with SWAT. <coughs> so um, uh, by the way, uh, before I go any further, I'd like to mention Chica and Roscoe are actually now both passed away, which is really sad because when they passed away, it was at a time that we didn't we lost contact with them, so we didn't get to attend their funerals or anything. Oh, that's a shame. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's really sad. We lost a few players over the years. Um, I suppose we could go more to that later, but. Chicken Roscoe were, yeah, they're like dads to me, you know, like these old bikey sort of types, but they took me under their wing. And um, that is when um, they gave me the nickname Rookie. <laughs> cool. That was an origin story. I like it. And actually, yeah, the, the name Rookie was, also came from that first tournament. There was a, a, an American team that came out, pro American team, called Bad Company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You played them later. They
1: came out at like in... An... 2008, they... Uh, 2007, they came out as well. But they talked quite a lot about coming out in the 90s when they were here.
0: And they, another team that introduced... the Tom Cole was the captain. Tom Cole is the president now of the NXL. That's this right. is how history is here. <laughs> Tom Cole's the president of the NXL. Anyway, he was the captain and his team. They were an excellent team. Um, but um, as, as it turned out, we actually um, prayed them in the prelims and we beat them. We just tried really hard and we actually, you know, beating them. And American teams were so well above Australian teams in those days. Um, but we ended up hitting them and um, we ended up then playing them again in the finals. Um, and that is the time that one of those memorable times in paintball for me because we're playing this big final uh, in front of all these uh, spectators. There's a lot of spectators, and, and two of them were my mum and dad. Oh, cool. And we played on what is now. You know what the hyperball field is in Monday? Yeah. That was a field with a dam in the middle. <laughs> and junk lying everywhere. And that was the main field. We played on that. <clears throat> and um we played bad company, yeah. So mum and dad are watching, first time they've ever watched me play paintball. Uh, and I had a just one of those games where everything went right. And it's ten man, and um, my captain, Rod Louie, he said to me, I like to run way up the field and get at that far, far bunker. But he said, no, no, rookie, don't go to the far bunker. Go to the one just back and just run there and start shooting. And I did exactly what why, I used to go in the Wise Old Owl, Rod Lewis. <laughs> and he made, uh, so I ran to this bunker, dropped and started shooting. And his plan worked amazingly well. These Americans are a really aggressive team and they kept on moving up to this one position. And there was it was a big boiler. The boiler's still there actually at your Money. It's a big boiler. That's on one of the other fields. And it's round. And what was happening when you run up to it, if you didn't watch where your feet were, you could shoot them in the feet. <laughs> and one by one they'd go up to this freaking thing, and I'd snap shoot them out like it was a really like they all automatic shot really well. Um, and it just um, they kept on doing the same thing. I shot one, and it was all on video, actually. Um, it was all video, too, and I remember watching it. It was just one kill after another, after another, going to the same spot. It was really weird of this American pro team. It was just the only mistake they really made. And we ended up beating them. Wow. That's awesome. I think it was the most kills, too. Like, the, like It was just pure luck that Rod and had sent me to this bunker that had this perfect angle where they would run up and just sit there. And I chewed them through this boiler, I just, just where it was their feet would be. And this went on and on and on. They kept on replacing their guys because it was like a key bunker. But they just didn't look at it properly. Uh, that After that, we won. We actually won first place. That's yeah, um, a big team to take down too. It was. It was. At the time, I can't even explain to you anyone out there in paintball land, how good it felt being a young bloke uh, and playing with his pro team. And um, from that moment on, we would go and play other tournaments as what uh, for many years. Yeah, it's very nostalgic. Hope yeah. that paints a hope that paints a nice picture for anyone listening. Ah, <laughs> oh, it does.
1: It's uh. Yeah, you don't get moments like that all the time in paintball, but they, they definitely stick with you. So it's And what what better team to do it against?
0: Yeah, and we won 10 grand. Wow. 10 grand in first place. Um, so then that was... Oh, there was money, yeah. Uh, but it cost a lot of money to play too. And that's always been a thing. It's never been exactly a cheap sport at competitive level. Because you know people are willing to spend money to win. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and today is exactly yeah, you know, people spend a lot of money. <laughs> they shoot a lot of paint. Um, so yeah, so we continued on as what as a ten man, and of course there was five man events and seven man events that would pop up, and we would fill two five man teams for five man events. Um. And in that first year, I think we got th- – I've got a list there somewhere. Three first places and a second in that first um, – oh, I think it was the first. I don't know. I might have been in the team for six months. First six months, it was those pretty good results. Uh, Swat had gone through a lot of changes. Um, and continued to evolve, actually. That's the thing about the team. It's always evolved. And, um, yeah, so getting on to the next year, that's when we went to America in 96 to play in the World Cup. Was awesome. it? Yes. So the World Cup, that was the time when we that's it, we're going to America. And the World Cup is a crazy event. Like, I'm you can't imagine what even people can't imagine how it's like to have 400 teams turn up to a tournament. And um, like in 10 man teams alone, I think there's like 200 10 man teams at least that, that um, competed in this event. Um, and we played in amateur class though, over there pro and amateur.
1: Yep.
0: We went, Amateur because it was um, – I'm telling you, the pro teams were – there was a lot of them, and it was very competitive. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we played in amateur. We played in the five-mans over there as well. So we split up into two teams. Um, so – actually, no, there was over 110-man teams. That's right. I think we ended up in – Maybe 30th place or I can't remember exactly. I looked it up once. It's still on the internet. But, yeah, about <laughs> 30, 100 teams, um, which actually was really good because when you're a new team playing in America in the NPPL, you're seated at the bottom. So low-seeded teams have to play the hardest teams and the hardest teams got to play the easy, just to get them through the prelims. And if there was another highly seeded team, you didn't face them. They were in a different pool. So it kept the top teams that were most likely to be contenders to win apart from the, the uh, from the prelims. So both amateur and pro played each other. Like there was a mixture. You play other pro teams if you're pro and amateur and vice versa. So, yeah, yeah, the first yeah. game was the All Americans. <laughs> Five minutes. The All Americans have not dropped a game in two years. <laughs> and we played the first game against them on the Hyperball field. They had a Hyperball field, Bush Fields, but the Hyperball was the main event. Um, and we, it's actually on video. Uh, I, I remember seeing it on a TV show, and wow. our game came up because it was just the first game of the event. And we actually shot a couple of them out, and we, I mean, we lost to them, but we actually had a really good game against them. Um, And and, um, that's my first memory. And then I walk off the field, and how's this? I'm, I always ran my velocity at a reasonable sort of, I've never been one of those people that run it right on the edge. I remember we used to, Michael Weber used to, get done for hot guns, he'd always, <laughs> oh, he run at 290. I know. <clears throat> I'd run a little bit low. I walked off and got a penalty for a hot gun because this gun was- <laughs> had one of the original air systems from um, uh, Australian air system from um, Mac Mac Developments. Oh, yeah. So, yep. for the air system. I've still got it. Oh, cool. <laughs> another scoop like it looks more like a fire extinguisher there you go <laughs> running around playing paintball with a fire extinguisher hanging off your gun <laughs> um and but uh, it spiked and I went over 300 per second and I got a penalty and the maximum you get for a game is like 60 points and I got it has a hundred point penalty and <sighs> I was no guy to get penalties like ever like it was just and I got a hot gun penalty walking off and I'm like, fuck this bloody autococker. Damn you, Autococker. Um, but it never let me down again. <laughs> Just when it really when it really mattered. Yeah. Um, and the other memorable part of the event was in the Tan Man. Um, we also played the uh, Aftershock. The Aftershock powerhouse teams. Uh, Aftershock, Iron Men, all Americans. Oh, really top teams. Like, these guys were always winning events. And yeah, they were like
1: that's super- like the 90s was just – they all they did was just swap first place between those
0: few teams, wasn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, Aftershock, especially on those fields, Aftershock was just – we played Aftershock. We had a really good game. They would take their time. They are 25-minute games. and They would sort of whittle you away. They didn't make stupid mistakes. They just sort of surely, slowly but surely sort of just crept over you. And they had crawlers that got down and snuck up. Like it was, it's all on video, a lot of it too. I've noticed if you ever Google um, World Cup 1995 or something, you'll see some of the games. And 1996, you can actually see some what, how Aftershock played. And it's not – it looks really, really crap on video. I'm warning <laughs> you. you ever want to watch a paintball game? you got a lot of time and you're really bored, I'd watch it, but other than that, paintball was not a spectator sport at the time. Um, it just, you, you, a lot of players couldn't see, you couldn't quite tell what was going on. That's why they invented hyperball, to bring you out in the open and you could spectators could watch. Yep. Um, so, so we went over there, had a Amazing time over there. We travelled a little bit around America too. Me and a couple of other guys. I went to New Orleans and uh, I went to Las Vegas and I went down in the desert. Anyway, I had a big holiday and we came back. And when we came back, a lot of our players um, started, uh, a few left the team. And for 1997, we had like um, a, a kind of like uh, a different team, um, and a little bit, a little bit of, um, I mean, as you all know, it can get hard emotionally <laughs> in a team in the pit area after a game didn't go well. I'm sure you've all experienced this, but a few of the guys changed, the roster changed, and by 1997, actually. Um, a couple of the guys from the Top Hat Jokers come and joined us. Mom um, was Miff, Matt Miff-Forkin, and the other was Mad Dog. Nice. Surely you know Mad? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Doggy. yeah. They joined the team and we went through this transformation in terms of the dynamics of the team. We were all committed, but we've all got a bit more athletic, I think. And we were really committed to winning and ninety seven really changed. I think we won every tournament we played except for one we came second. (laughs)
1: That's pretty good. And like you said, there was there was more than just like four or five events a a year back then.
0: Oh, there was a oh, we went to like you'd often go to fifteen events in a year. Yeah, it's (laughs) not It was, but like some of them, and this is the thing: some of the big events that, um, like the ones that that uh, Michael brought on. But there was the South Pacifics up at the Gold Coast War Museum, and Tim McCarthy still was up at the War Museum, and he would run these big South Pacific tournaments, um, and that was one we'd go away to Queensland. It was the first time I ever went to Queensland just to play in the South Pacifics. But that was back in '94. I played in. Um, like a team, I think it was Stars and Bars or something. But um, the by 97, we were going up to Queensland quite regularly. And um, it was the best time of paintball of that area, you know. Um, everyone had auto mags and autocockers, and the, the, the sport had evolved. Snap shooting become a thing. Um, it was the sport of, thanks to the Americans coming over, and thanks to the commitment of the team members to being better, and the top eight jokers were they were uh, training and doing really, getting really into it. Um, and the regulators, um, oh, the regulators ended up um, changing into a team called Vengeance. Did you? You obviously interviewed Neil Martin. Yep. And Neil Martin would have told you the story of Vengeance. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it doesn't come to mind at the moment, actually.
0: Uh, actually. I'm sure,
1: I'm sure it does. I've done so many. It all blows into one. But <laughs> uh, that was '96. I know I played Vengeance in '96. Yeah, we did. Um, we spent a lot of time on uh, with Neil on on like his trip to America and and winning the World Cup and stuff. So I don't, I don't know if we got onto Vengeance. Um, it's all not in my great. notes. Oh, yeah, here, Vengeance. Yeah, I, I made it. Just I literally just wrote the word Vengeance, but I didn't write
0: anything else down about it. I have to mention them because they were our arch enemy at the time. And um, even though I don't have arch enemy, I'm telling you now, I've never had arch enemy in life in paintball. I like paintball. I like, paintball. I like people that play paintball. I don't get into the bitching and get upset with people because they did this or oh, I don't like that guy because he said that. But... They were our arch, like sort of rival, or very rival team, and so was Black Rain. I'll have to mention Black Rain because if there's any old players that played in Black Rain, they'll be oh, rookie, Just mention Black Rain. We were really good. There was another team that would win a lot of tournaments too, like they were right up there. Um, <clears throat> but Vengeance gave us the biggest. Um, uh, that was our most rival team of the era. Um, so yeah, we, people went on 98, 99, played everywhere. Um, we didn't go back to America though. We went to, the team actually went to Europe at one stage, but there was a disaster. Just, like it was, um, if you ever, oh, if you ever heard about some of the trips overseas, they weren't what you thought they'd be. I've heard a lot of, you've been overseas, haven't you? Yep. In um, Asia. All around Asia, yeah. And I've heard some horror stories about <laughs> the way they run these tournaments. And you're like, What? Are they just wanna they don't want you to win? Or yeah.
1: I've heard I've heard Mike's story about France multiple times. So um, Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it was pretty horrible.
0: It's a long way to go. And that's the same with the World Cup. As long as you go to have a twelve year old referee tell you you're out for spray or like it was very inconsistent um, refereeing, like big fields, and people could try and run you down and shoot you, and you shoot them, and then they just keep running and shooting you. And um, there's no one there to see it. Um, and they'd call you out, and referee eventually come over. So this was a big problem in paintball at that time. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so we kept on playing, um, but up in the year 2000, I. Um, people really went downhill at one stage and the tournaments were just we just won as many tournaments and mate i uh i retired well from at the time i just i couldn't like <laughs> practicing when there was no tournaments and i just think you just burn out
1: but yeah, yeah there it- is oh there's a peak like especially with uh it's, it is hard to travel and it's hard to do all that and eventually it just sort of becomes a, a bit monotonous um, doing the same yeah. thing against the same teams
0: yeah and the um, other thing was I was riding motorbikes a lot I started racing a little bit too and then do you know how freaking expensive that is <laughs> I think yeah. it was a, a freaking a, h- a hobby in comparison to how much money you had to spend on racing motorcycle so i did a bit of ride bit of racing but um once again i only did that for a short period because i just couldn't afford it um but i spent a lot of time on motorbikes that distracted me away for a while from paintball um and but i would guest on teams up to around 2004 was the last time i think i played <clears throat> Um, in a team with Neil Martin, and he doesn't remember this. How's this? He doesn't <laughs> remember this. I was talking to him the other day, do you remember the team? We we played that tournament and we won. And he's like, I don't remember. I'm like, how do you not remember? The time we won together, he's like, oh, I don't know. He's played that many tournaments. Yeah. Um, but action. And that was on an airball field. So airball had become the thing, and now no longer there was any bush. By about 2002, I think, or 2001, we weren't playing the bush anymore at all. It was just the airball and um, electronic markers started to take over, um, but semi-auto only. They could ramp some of them, but you can only use them on semi-auto. And that was it. in 2004, um, and pretty much didn't play till 2018. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're back. It's good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I suppose. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Mick um, wanted the 10 man, Ryarimundi. Uh, I said, Rookie, you can come back and be the 10 man. I'm like, okay, all right. Actually, that sounds pretty cool. Just I tell you now, and if anyone's listened this far, the one thing I can tell you some of the proudest moments of my life have been playing paintball. It wouldn't, might, mightn't seem like just a stupid sport where you run around and shoot paintballs at each other some of the proudest moments i put so much effort so much passion into winning and i'm sure any of people that have had any success will say the same thing and you look back on those times uh and and that's what really i said look i've got to come back and play um i'd watched through the fence over the years and i would made friends with you on facebook and the simpsons and alex all as well um so a lot of the current SWAT players of the era I would keep up to date with um, and watch SWAT. I'd even come watch through the fence sometimes, like a, like some sort of creep <laughs> looking through the fence, you know, watching his play. I did that quite a few times over the years. hope that doesn't sound awkward.
1: No, yeah. I remember Mike was always good. Any time an old SWAT player comes in, Mike always brings him over and introduces. So it's like, um, oh.
0: yeah. Good. Sometimes you walk up and go, "Hi guys, I used to play with you," and they'd go, "Oh yeah, oh oh yeah, that's nice." Like, "We're we gonna go and play," and I'm like, "Oh, good luck." <laughs> uh, and it was like, it was almost like that when I came in 2008. We, we played ten men and we won. Um, but we no one had played ten men since the 90s, so we had a very clear advantage. All of us that had played before. At that format at a high level. Um, so um, after we, I thought, oh, I got a maybe I could play some super sevens as well. And um, so I started playing game. Yeah. Awesome. And I wanted to, but paintball, I'm telling you now, paintball now is everything that I wished for when I was just little rookie at, nine to, at 20 years old as what. What the game is now is what I hoped it would become. Like everyone effort uh, would practice. I could we couldn't get people to do that back in those days. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, trying to get people to have less than a six pack before the night before, um, the night before practice. It's just was unheard of.
0: <laughs> now no one, they all freaking work out and shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, have meal plans for the day and all sorts of things.
0: I know. But anyway, so that was the thing about paintball now. And I'm playing now, and I've played in quite a few different teams too. Um, but the most memorable times, obviously, been with SWAT Record and the hyperball event that we just played that you talked to Jacker about. Yep. That event, was an incredibly emotional experience because I don't think people realize how much we loved playing this game back in the nineties. And here we were playing it with current SWAT members. And yeah. did really well.
1: No, oh, it's cool. It's it's good that um I, I do like I guess it's just taken that long for the sport to sort of grow up and um and, you know, have uh no offense, but like older older guys in the sport and and there's just an interest <laughs> now in, in Ten Man and in mechanical and and going back to the old school. So it's good that um, I think it's the format sort of brought a lot of you guys back out of the woodwork. It's been great. Um, I've seen all sorts of people popping up um, because of the way that the sport's sort of shifting now. Um,
0: yeah, it's good. Yep. And then that seven man after we played, I played with uh, the the youngest what guys, the, the young guns we call them. Every era people have got better. But they've taken on the skills of the previous generation and added new ones. And I'm telling you now, plays of today, um, many people have added to this. You know, we were talking this with the Simpsons. Like they can tell you more about the last 10 years than I possibly could. But every generation has got better. And there's more accuracy. There's more movement. There's more communication. It's, 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 it's The sport has grown so much. And... I've like come out of a time machine in 2000, dropped out of a time machine and played, and that's what it feels like. So this advanced future, you know? Yeah, it's cool. Well, we're living the
1: future now. <laughs> um, so we're starting to run out of time. So before we uh, wrap things up, you know, was it was there anyone while you got the air that you wanted to give a shout out to, someone that you might want to thank, or any sponsors or anything like that, if you if you've got any.
0: Nice. How much time have you got? I mean, there's so many people uh, from my whole career, um, all the guys I've played with. But uh, obviously, I always mention SWAT guys. And if I can get away from just the SWAT guys, like all the other guys that play, pots, there's not just one team. And there's lots of teams that are really good. And um, guys that I've played with over the years, I could I could some of the guys that have passed away. You might have mentioned I mentioned Tolson. Yep. yep. He was one of my greatest brothers on the field. He passed away in two thousand and five. Chicken Chubsey, they um, passed away as well. Um I, uh, there was a top out joker called Ivan and Ivan Lees and he was a great player and he died in about two thousand and 10, I believe went to his funeral and then Manny Cargis was another player that passed away just um, just 18 months ago went to his funeral as well so I thought I'd mention them.
1: yeah no it's um unfortunately we've lost too many paintballers to uh, it's it's a shame but uh you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a strong family that we you know people there is you know people that you play a sport with and they're the ones that are there at the end at your funeral, um, showing respect. So it's, it, I think it shows the the kind of respect that we all have for each other and uh, what a big family paintball is.
0: Yeah, and now there's this. So like I'm part, I'm trying to share a little bit of that old magic with some of my guys now, like um uh, especially Ricky, Bobby, and Jacka <laughs> and Jezza. Like I'm telling you, these guys are great guys to hang around with, eh? And it's like watching the kids, that you, you know, you, you, you you're watching your kids do much better than you, like even better than you do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're like a proud dad to be involved with any of the guys now. That's the way I feel, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Oh, I feel so, the same so, with SWAT. <laughs> I'm in my 30s and I feel like all these new young kids coming in, taking the spotlight. I know how you feel. But, uh,
0: yeah, so – a uh, lots of other teams, like uh, you know who else is really friendly? Um uh, Ryan from the Marauders I've always spoken to a lot. He's been really helpful and he seems to try and help other teams and so forth. Um but oh I could go on. <laughs> I do go on a bit. I oh, mean warning, yeah. I do go on a bit. So they're the kind of guys I wanna mention. Yeah. Oh, it's good. Well th- thanks for that.
1: And but just before I let you go, would there be someone that you could uh, recommend to be on the
0: show? Yeah, now, we, I have talk, heard you talking to people about this, and we do try to not make it all <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, But it's hard to get around that because there's so many players. Um, but if I was to say somebody else that played paintball for a long time and sort of, what about, um, what about Andrew Murphy or Monkey, as people know him, from Top Gun paintball fields? He was the captain of the Regulators in the 90s. And he's got – he's in England people. He'd be an interesting person to talk to. But other than that, I've got to be biased as a SWAT guy, John Caruana. He's yeah. been around the whole time and quietly in the background. Yeah. And played for SWAT for many years. And John was the player that, for some reason um, – you know, your front guys got all the attention, but he was the guy that kept us together. He was the back guy. He was the Alex Orr of the era. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That guy that fired a line over your head and kept just knew it was calm. And his gunsmithing skills. Oh, airsmithing skills really, you call it. So he's a magic with guns, paintball guns. He's the most experienced in the country. And he may have a story to tell he might want to share with you. He might not. He might say no. I don't want to go with you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll twist his arm. I'll... Wait, I'm You drag one out of him. Yeah. No, Johnny. Uh, yeah. I think everything I've ever learned about a gun. I've... He's he's good. He's a guy that I've always uh, I've learned early that you 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 go to him with um like if you take your gun to him and just say fix it he'll say no. But if you say this is what I've tried and this is what I think's wrong with it he'll say okay, I will show you how to fix it. <laughs> So he's he's a good teacher. He's been a good teacher to me anyway, John.
0: Yes, yeah. And look, there's a a lot of other great things about paintball now. The Eskimos brothers have brought a lot. I mean, there's so many players playing because there's the Eskimo brothers, and I've I even I've had a run with the Eskimo brothers in semi pro as well. Oh, cool. <laughs> they just have a home. They're a big family. Um. So. We never had that, a team of 70 people on the on the roster. You know what I mean? That's, that's 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 one of the new things in paintball is the arrival of the Eskimos. Whether you like it or not, it's <laughs> paintball, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. It's, uh, it is. It's It's something, you know, if you, if you want to go and play an event on the other side of the country and you don't know anyone, you just call the Eskimos up. I'm sure
0: they've got a team going
1: in. You jump on.
0: Yeah, it's great. So I hope I've mentioned everyone. Yeah, sure there's people I haven't mentioned. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, i probably remember later. But oh, that's just a of mind.
1: Yeah, we, we try and keep them to an hour. We've gone a little bit over, but it's, it's hard to, to fit so much history and so many people and memories and everything in, into the time limit. So um, I'm sure we'll get another chance to have a chat and, um, and, and fill in some of the gaps as things, as things progress. I wonder if anyone's asleep by now. <laughs> uh, Wager. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, Rob. Well, we better leave it there. We'll uh, <laughs> it, it will let, let let everyone go back to sleep if, uh, if they just woken up. No, help <laughs> yeah. out.
0: That's all right. I'll just get. Okay.
1: <laughs> all right, Rob. Well, thanks very much for sitting down with me, and, and all the best with snake catching. I hope it goes well.
0: Oh, ah, yeah, 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 it's funny. But um, I'll keep on doing that. That's one of those things that I really enjoy, apart from paintball. <laughs> all
1: right, Rob. Well, uh, yeah, all the best with uh, with all that and everything. And, yeah, hopefully we'll see you out in the field again soon. Oh, yes. I, pra- I practiced today.
0: And <laughs> <on our laughs> now in two weeks uh, playing a tournament, the Eskimo Cup.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'm, I'm going to drop in with my daughter. We're going to come check out paintball. Oh, we'll come and talk to you. Yeah. Um, oh, awesome. All right, all right, Rob. We'll it's see you <laughs> Thank you. Honor. All right. No, Have a good day. Right. See ya. Bye. That is a wrap on another episode of Down Under Paintball. Thank you once again for Rob Ambrose, a.k.a. Rookie, for having a chat with us. So chatting with Rob before and after the show, he gave him some stats on his own personal award. So the APPL, which was the Australian Paintball Players League, he's made it on the Dream Team in 1997 and 1999, and in 1997 he was the APPL Pro Player of the Year. There's another award that he let me know, but I still haven't got the answer out of him yet, but in 1997 he won the Paintball Disco God Award. So if you do bump into him, perhaps you guys can fish the answer of that one out. But something that Rob brought up while we were chatting is that he just really hopes that, you know, he's had a break for about 15 years, but he's back out playing. He's played three events this year with coronavirus and all that going down. But he did mention to me that he hopes that he'll inspire some of the other old school ballers to get back out and get back onto the field. So you can tell by Rob's attitude there and just how he talked in the interview that he really just has a genuine love for the sport which is so cool to see and i hope to see rob crushing people on the field soon now i know in neil's episode he did recommend myself to be interviewed on the show so i thought i'll do the next best thing and i'm going to do a bit of a QA episode so instead of me trying to answer what i think you guys want to know i i'm throwing it out to the listeners so if there's any questions that you wanted to ask myself, it doesn't have to be just about me or my career. It could be anything about the paintball industry or even if we are going to do some of these coaching episodes. If it was something that you wanted a, a bit of a, a tip with or anything like that, I'm going to throw it open. So there'll be a post going up on social media on Facebook soon. So if you do have a question that you want to ask me or the show, just make sure you either direct message me on Facebook, just search out the page down under paintball find me scott martin or you can email me at dupaintball@outlook.com. at outlook.com. and with that we will wrap it up on this episode of down under paintball see you next week